0: SECTION 6 OF AMERICAN SCENERY VOLUME 2 THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG RECORDING BY LARRY WILSON AMERICAN SCENERY VOLUME 2 BY Nathaniel PARKER WILLIS SAWMILL AT CENTER HARBOR, LAKE WINNIPUSAGGIE in the early records of the first settlement of Keene in this state, on the River Ashdulat, in the Indian language, a collection of many waters, is an account of some of their difficulties, among which was the establishment of a sawmill. A vote was passed, says the record, offering one hundred acres of middling good land and twenty-five pounds to any person or persons who would engage to build a sawmill. And saw boards for the proprietors at twenty shillings per thousand. The next year another meeting was appointed at the house lot of Joseph Fisher, but was adjourned to the house of Nathan Blake, the first erected in the township. A committee was here appointed to agree with a man to build a great mill, and they were authorized to offer not exceeding forty pounds encouragement therefor these early annals are highly interesting and we cannot better associate drawings of scenes of cultivated life at the present day than by portraying some of the steps by which the comfort and civilization of the state have been attained no person says the record had hitherto attempted to remain through the winter on the township those who came in the summer to clear their lands brought their provisions with them and erected temporary huts to shelter them from the weather in the summer of seventeen thirty six at least one house was erected and three persons nathan blake seth heaton and william smead the two first from rintham and the last from deerfield made preparations to pass the winter in the wilderness the house was at the lower end of the street blake had a pair of oxen and a horse and heaton a horse for the support of these, they collected grass in the open spots, and in the first part of the winter, they employed them in drawing logs to the sawmill, which had just been completed. Blake's horse fell through the ice of Beaver Brook and was drowned. In the beginning of February, their own provisions were exhausted, and to obtain a supply of meal, Heaton was dispatched to Northfield. There were a few families at Winchester, but none able to furnish what was wanted. Heaton procured a quantity of mill, but before he left Northfield the snow began to fall, and when on his return he arrived at Winchester it was uncommonly deep and covered by a sharp crust. He was told that he might as well expect to die in Northfield and rise again in Upper Ashnalot as ride thither on horseback recollecting the friends he had left there he nevertheless determined to make the attempt but had not proceeded only a short distance when he found that it would be impossible to succeed he then returned and directed his course towards rintham blake and smead hearing nothing from heaton gave their oxen free access to the hay left Ashnalot, and on snowshoes. Proceeded either to Deerfield or Renthem, anxious for their oxen. They returned early in the spring. They found them near the branch southeast of Carpenter's, much emaciated, but feeding upon twigs and such grass as was bare. The oxen recognized their owner and exhibited such pleasure at the meeting as drew tears from his eyes. About this time, John Andrews came from Boxford to settle in Upper Ashnalot he sent back ephraim donan and joseph ellis with a team of eight oxen and a horse to bring up his furniture the route they came which was brookfield belchertown hadley hatfield deerfield and northfield winchester swansea and on the banks of the ashton lot to the house lots. when they passed through swansea it rained hard and they did not reach the station until night as it continued to rain was very dark and as the water which already covered the meadows rose rapidly they apprehensive of being drowned unyoked their oxen chained their cart to a tree and hastened to the settlement then a mile distant as soon as daylight appeared the next morning a boat was dispatched in search of the cattle and furniture when passing over bullard's island a man cried to them for help it was mark ferry the hermit Wearied with the noise and bustle of the settlement, he had retired to a cave which he had dug into the bank of the river, where he constantly resided. The water had now driven him from his dwelling and compelled him to seek refuge on a stump, where he then sat with a calf in his arms, over which he had drawn a shirt. The boatman answered, We must take care of the neat cattle first, and passed on. They soon came to the cart which was afloat. Proceeding further, and guided by the sound of the bells, which the cattle, as usual, wore, they found them on several little hillocks, some with only their heads out of water. They forced them into the water, and guiding them, swimming, to high land, where they left them until the flood subsided. Hearing cries for help below them, they proceeded to Christen's house, in the borders of Swansea, to the chamber and to the top of which the family had been driven. These they took off, and on their return home took Ferry and his calf into the canoe. This, which was known by the name of Andrew's Flood, was the highest ever known in the township. The water came within a few feet of the street north of Captain Blake's old house. End of section 6